You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. So just in review of of last week, just this, this question that kind of started us off. Am I taking what He reveals in the Spirit and then searching for understanding within myself or defining what He's revealed to me thus far in my flesh? Um, And the best example that we have of that one of the most tangibly applicable things that we can grab onto and have understanding is just the prayer for healing. We prayed it, we've prayed it often. We pray it often in this church. We believe in healing in this church. And we've seen healing in this church. And we're currently seeing healing in this church. We've seen, we have testimony of miraculous healing in this house. But when we were told to pray for the Diaz family specifically. They're just the ones that are right there in front of us. And the example that we can turn to, when we were told to pray for healing, and we prayed for healing, this taking what He reveals and then searching for understanding within myself, defining it by my own flesh and my own preferences of what He's trying to do, we would miss out on what He actually did. If I heard Him ask me to pray for healing for the Diaz family. And I began to pray for healing out of an expectation and a preference of them being healed right there in that very moment and cancer being rid from their bodies the second I pray. Then what we would have missed out on is the healing that took place for multiple people and therefore multiple generations because multiple households have encountered the Spirit of God through their journey. Is that not healing? It is absolutely healing. What is the Lord in the business of? When we want healing, we want physical healing, but the Lord would much rather spiritually heal the bond that was broken in the fall of man, and we have been separated from Him because of sin. He would much rather that be mended than our physical bodies because He already has an answer to our physical bodies, right? Glorification. In a new heaven and new earth, we will have a new body. There are things that we're not going to be able to avoid on this earth. Things that will plague us. People will die of cancer. They will die of uncomfortable things and unfortunate things. And there will be tragedy. We understand these things. But that's why the importance is that when the bond and the connection is made between father and son, father and daughter, creator and creation again, it cannot be severed. This time, because Jesus made a way where there was no way, and the ties of this way that He's made cannot be broken. And so that's what we've seen in their story, the Lord bringing healing. The ministry of reconciliation never talks about the physical healing of a body, but it talks about the connecting of the world back to the Father. And is that not healing? It absolutely is. And is that, should that be His priority or not? It absolutely should. It absolutely should. Because what good of it would it be if we prayed for healing for someone, they received it right there, and then drove home and got into a car accident? But they didn't know Jesus. Which one is more important? Right? And the Lord, so in that, 
if we don't allow the Lord to continue to bring understanding with what He's asked, and also guard ourselves to make sure we're not adding anything to what He's instructed us to do. We pray for healing over them. And that's all we prayed for. And that we prayed for revival to break out because that's what He revealed in those hospitals. And that's exactly what He's done. Hallelujah. Like, praise God. He's done exactly what He told us to pray for. We're seeing the fruit of that very thing that we could so prove to be His disciples, right? It is necessary for us to bear fruit. We talked about it Sunday. He wants us to bear fruit. He desires that in our lives. And we've seen that when we simply pray for what He's given us to pray. And don't add anything to it. And that's what we've done in this DS story. But unfortunately, and we've talked about this, we add things and we process things that He reveals in our flesh. And then we pray from that place. And then we leave that place disappointed because we didn't see an answer. And really it wasn't an answer that He ever had a desire to give. And what is prayer at the end of the day? It's the implanting of the desires of the Father's heart in you and then our requesting for those things and our partnering with heaven to see those things released. For His glory, not my own. If I'm establishing my own will as I pray to Him, He'll never honor that. The things that are my will and not His will to be done. So, with that, am I processing in my flesh what He reveals and praying from that place, allowing what we think and feel to guide our prayers. And unfortunately, that's what we have a lot of. We have a lot of that. Like, I don't, I don't believe that the Lord takes sides. So I don't believe that a pastor can stand up and pray against a person. That doesn't make sense in my mind. That Why would the Lord desire their restoration through their division? Does that make any sense? It's the story that we heard a couple Sundays ago of the pastor who, who is dear friend and CEO of that church or CFO of that church robbed them of millions, loses his church. And what does the pastor down the road do? Immediately begins to attack him. That doesn't look like God to me. That looks like someone internalizing what they think God should think about this situation. And I'm going to preach from that place. We can't have that. We can't have that in this house especially because we are meant to be the difference. We are meant to be the change that we desire to see in the world. Romans 8, 26 tells us, we read it last week, we know this well. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. This points to this reality that to pray properly, to pray and understand prayer correctly in the relationship that that is, it is impossible. Our relationship with prayer is impossible to understand and to have any depth attached to it without depth in relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Because this is, I mean, this is Paul writing. It's kind of a big deal. He kind of figured a lot of this stuff out. Because we read his teachings all the time. Most of the New Testament was written by this one man. And he said, we do not know what to pray for. Last time I checked, none of us have written 90% of the New Testament. And he, being one of the first to receive the Spirit with no preconceived notion, with no understanding other than what the previous day taught them, came to that conclusion that I do not 
know what to pray for without the guiding and direction of the Spirit of God. Because who knows the heart of God but the Spirit that is in Him, right? It's, it's 1 Corinthians 2, 11 through 13. Who knows the Spirit of a man but the, but the Spirit that dwells in that man? His Spirit. Who knows His heart? but that spirit. Who knows the heart of God but the spirit that dwells in him? And what have we been given? That very spirit that dwells in the heart of God. Because we don't know what to pray for as we ought because the spirit of God is meant to reveal to us the things that we're to pray for. His hands and feet released on the earth. His kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what we get to do. And how are we to be ministers of the ministry of reconciliation, reconciling the world back to himself without his guiding and directing in that? We are, at the end of the day, his appeal to the rest of the world. And he wants to make an accurate one. How can we do that without his insight, without a relationship with him where he teaches us and reveals to us these things? It is impossible. It is impossible without the Spirit of God and the yielding to Him and His leading and revelation to ever understand the depths of prayer. He is our helper after all. It is so crucial that we remember that that is what Jesus called Him when He said it was necessary for me to go to my Father because when I go to Him, I'm going to send you the helper. There's a key to that. He's meant to help us. He's meant to guide and direct us. And this helper will lead us. He will not speak of his own accord. And he will lead us into all truth and righteousness. We won't need any other teacher. Jesus says you won't need any other teacher but this. Spirit of God. Because he will reveal to us all we need to know. But without a relationship with him. It is impossible. To understand those things and to understand prayer. We are meant to bear fruit, but only fruit that grows from him. So without a relationship and allowing him to define to us his desires and the things that he desires to see released on the earth. Because again, he looks at the whole picture. We look two inches from the canvas. He sees all of it. What we see is blurry. He sees the specific brushstrokes. And he knows what needs to be added and he knows what needs to be taken away. Without those things... Prayer is not rightly understood. And it's oftentimes misguided and it's just lofting up empty words. As he said, don't do, because the Gentiles do this. They think they're saved by the words that they speak. Prayer is not about the words that we say. It's about obedience to the heart that has been revealed to us. And so today, continuing on our conversation with prayer, I just have this question. Uh, We've talked about the valley often in the last couple of weeks. And this question just simply presented itself to me of how do we pray in the valley? Prayer on the mountaintop comes easy. Um, It's often full of gratitude, right? Because you're where the sun is. You're where the air is clear, where things are lit. It's often full of gratitude. It's easy to do On the mountaintop, prayer is very easy to do on the mountaintop without knowing the heart of God in those moments as well. Right? Prayer comes easy on the mountaintops, but that doesn't mean you're necessarily praying the heart of God. It's just easier to pray up there. And oftentimes, what I've seen, and I know we can all attest to this, that when we're in those moments where we're on the mountaintop, the circumstances, everything's working out, we feel that there's a depth and a closeness in our relationship to the Lord without our pursuing Him, doing anything to know Him deeper, 
and we just attach the good feeling that we have because things are working out as depth with our relationship with God. And then we hit those valleys and that relationship doesn't feel as strong um, because the circumstances aren't as good. The valley will always reveal the true state of our relationship with God. It will always show where you actually are in your relationship to Him. A common expression is you know who your friends are in tough times, right? I just saw one the other day, uh, a guy going through cancer, and he's recognized, okay, I know who the people are that are really in my corner, and I know the people that really aren't in my corner, that said they were, and push came to shove, and they're not there. So it's the same with the Lord. If I don't have it in the light, why do we expect to have it in the valley? If I don't have depth of relationship on the mountaintop, where do you think it's just going to appear out of thin air when you're in the valley? That's not how it works. Depth does not come because I simply enter a tough situation. That, that would be like thinking faith comes in a moment where great faith is required. And we know that's not the case. If I am not putting the deposit into the place where faith grows, and where does faith grow? Faith grows in the presence of God. When I encounter Him, my faith increases in Him. So in the presence of God, faith grows, so that when I come to a moment where great faith is required, there's great faith in the account. There's an adequate amount of faith for the circumstance. But... It's like going to make a purchase. If I don't have the money, it don't matter how many times I swipe that card. The money's not going to appear because I need it in the moment. Unless I've worked and saved and done what is necessary to have the wealth necessary for the purchase, it won't just show up. You've got to do the work beforehand. So it is with faith and so it is uh, with our relationship and the depth of relationship with the Lord. If I don't spend the time there, it doesn't magically grow when it is required. And so we know in Psalm 23, this is though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh, verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. A measure, we know that a measure of his presence waits for us in the valley. And there is, this is one of the most beautiful things I was ever taught is that there is a measure of his presence that I will never encounter but in the valley. So there is a peace of God that I will know nowhere else but that valley because it is a peace of his presence that waits for me in the valley. It goes before me, it's behind me, and there's another piece of his presence that waits for me after the valley on the mountaintop again. And so the valley is a beautiful thing. It can be a beautiful thing. Because his presence waits for us in those places. But if I am unaware of him on the mountaintop, will I become aware of him in the valley? So here's the issue now. As we pray, and as prayer is concerned in the valley, a lack of relationship will produce blind prayer in times of need. Again, Romans 8.26 we, we don't know what to pray for as we ought. The Spirit leads us into these things and prays for us with groanings too deep for word. We need the Spirit to show us 
what to pray. But if we don't know him, how can we be led by him? If I don't have a relationship with him, how can I in the valley be led by him to pray for the things that I need to pray for, not the things that I think I need to pray for? We've been in those places, right? We've been in those places. And oftentimes what we do in the valley is we pray for the fish instead of the Lord teaching us and giving us a rod. We pray for the answer, not the ability to provide answer in the future. Right? It would be like if our prayer and this transition and all the stuff that's going on in the world and we've lost people and there's not as many people that come to church anymore and that's just a societal norm right now. That's not a sundown thing. That's just the world thing. Western civilization thing. But that would be and that is, it has been a valley for us. There are things that have happened in this season that are, we're not just sitting on the mountaintops. Like there's some tough things that we as a church have had to walk through and deal with and handle. Been tough. We've been in a season of in the valley. But if we didn't have a relationship with him before we entered that place, we would see these things and we would start praying for more seats to be filled instead of the Lord revealing to us the things to pray and the reason the seats are empty. In the valley, We'll miss the target if there's not relationship on the mountaintop. This quote, do not forget in the darkness what you learned in the light. You cannot carry into darkness what you have abandoned in the light. And if I've abandoned relationship with him when times are easy, it's really hard to find it when times are difficult. Now the Lord, I don't know anybody where the Lord didn't catch them and get their attention in the valley. That's what he does. He rescues us. But it's time for us to also start thinking of the valley not as a place that needs rescuing. I am saved. He rescued me once in a dark, dark place. Now when I enter the valley, it's to enter it in victorious uh, triumph. And it's, it's to go in there with purpose. There's significant purpose in my going there. And there's a piece of him that's waiting for me there. Because he's going to do something in me. He's going to release something through me that will lead to the next peak. And my relationship with him should not vary as the seasons of my life do. There are high times and low times. There's no avoiding that. But my relationship with the Lord is ever increasing for we are made for an ever increasing glory. It does not vary. It does not dip and rise and dip and rise. It is ever increasing. But it cannot be ever increasing if he doesn't have my attention in the easy times and in the difficult ones. It only continues to increase if I can see him where he is and how he appears in the places that he appears like the valley in the measure of his presence that is waiting for me there specifically with specific purpose. And he will speak to me the things that I need to pray for in this valley. The prayer that this city would look more like the kingdom of heaven than it does a city and a state and a country is a prayer that came out of a valley, not a prayer that came out of a mountaintop. The vision of this being an ecosystem that would thrive where it should not, that would succeed when it should not, that would grow when it should not, that, that would just be this land of milk and honey where it should not came from the valley. That prayer came from the valley. That vision came from the valley. But we don't see those things if we don't have a relationship entering into those places. Oh my goodness. Keep thinking I'm going to sneeze. <laughs> <laughs>
It's just teasing me. It's like the worst feeling in the world. Uh, the valley is necessary, but if we don't have the relationship before we enter into it, we miss the blessing that is there. One of uh, 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 Bethel's, the Bethel uh, Church in Redding, California, their main pastor, Bill Johnson, just lost his wife to cancer. Um, and you know they were, they were having services interceding for her healing. And, and she passed away. And she passed away on a Tuesday. He preached on Sunday. And it was, in, it was powerful. Powerful. And that is a dark valley. Lost his best friend in the world. The, the woman that stood by him as they, they built this, this, uh, this church, this ministry that the Lord has blessed the world with. And she's gone. And he's telling us that he has encountered the blessing of the presence of God in those places, in that valley. You think you should listen. Because he's talking about how amazing it is to encounter this depth of presence for the first time. Because he's in a new place. This is a new valley. It's not a relived one. It's a new valley that's leading him to a new peak. But it's the in-between. And the Lord has great things that he needs to teach him in ways that he will mold him. And he'll take it's this vision of what the Lord does with a broken heart. The Lord doesn't, you can't put a broken heart back together and it be the same. If you drop a vase, it will never fit perfectly back together again, will it? Because there'll be those impossible little pieces you'll never find. It will never be the same. And what the Lord showed me is that I don't put a broken heart back together, that it would be the same. I take these pieces of me and I begin to add to them. And what I create is something totally brand new. It's been broken, but now it's, it's a new creation. It's what he does. And we miss that process if we don't know him in the mountaintop because that process only happens in the valley of the Lord making new in us. New things. Mending broken things, right? The giving him of our ashes. That's a thing that happens in the valley. But it's necessary before the next mountaintop. And we don't see that. We don't know that. We don't walk in that. If we don't have a relationship beforehand, we miss the depth of prayer in the valley if we don't have a relationship before we enter into it. Philippians 4, somewhere, there it is. 6, we know this. That's not Philippians. There it is. Do not be anxious about anything but in everything. By prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How is this possible to not be anxious in the valley? Anxiety is literally found in the valley. The uncertainty. What is anxiety but uncertainty? A great question mark over your life and you cannot fathom the answer. Anxiety is born from those places. So how can we be anxious for nothing? There's one simple thing. Trust. But how does trust exist absent a relationship? Are there people that you call strangers that you trust? I don't have any. None of them. I trust, I trust pastors that, I've, that I don't directly have a relationship with, but that didn't come just because of their name. 
That came through a process of hearing them and trusting that they walk with the Spirit. That, and that's really what it is. I don't trust the man. I trust that the, that the Spirit of God has a hold of that man. I trust the Spirit of God. I don't trust the person. I trust the Spirit of God. I don't know them. I trust my wife, but I know her. I know her heart. You, you cannot hope to be anxious for nothing. And in the difficult things, still find thankfulness in your prayer without trust. And that will never exist without relationship. Mark eleven twenty four 24 tells us, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. As we abide, as we remain in having a relationship and are led by the Spirit, we can pray in the valley with accuracy and go from that place believing and knowing that it has been released. It's the same thing when we prayed with absolute certainty for healing over the Diaz family. We knew it was coming. The same certainty we had when we prayed for Tim when he was in the hospital. We knew healing was coming. We just didn't know what it was going to look like. But we left from that place, at least I did, left from that place knowing and believing that it had been released because the children of God requested it, asked for it. Now, how it's released is where we get into trouble. Because we put a preference on how it to be released. And then we miss it. But we've not missed it this time. We went on believing. And we can pray in the valley. We can pray in these moments with such accuracy. And just leave that place. Knowing that what we've spoken that was given to us by God from His heart to our own has been released. And it's done. How it's done, not my job. My job is to partner with heaven and release it. That's our job, and that's where it ends. The rest is up to the Lord. It's His reputation on the line, not mine. It's His job to fulfill promise, not ours. It's what He does. And so we go on from that place because I trust this God who has been faithful and who will never not be faithful. He is only faithful. He only knows faithfulness. It is who He is. It is His character. And if He gives us something to pray, then we can trust in His faithfulness. I can't know that without a relationship with him. And I'll never hope to have targeted prayers. Right? The praying for that hospital to see revival is a targeted prayer, a specific prayer. And then we would gather in that hospital, in that courtyard, and target it with prayer. That does not come without relationship with God. Praying in the valley is to be unfazed by circumstances because of a relationship. And we know what to pray. That what the Lord desires to release in the valley, to, to measure uh, the measure of His presence He desires to be seen, will be released if we simply trust in the relationship that we've had entering into it. But without a depth of a relationship, we will always miss the specificity that He has for why we're in that valley. He uses all things for the good of those that love Him, including the valleys. And He waits for us in these places to grow us, mold us, shape us, and then allow us to continue on the offensive. We look at that valley as a defensive place where I have to protect myself. I have to fix things. The valley is an offensive place for the kingdom of heaven. It is only a defensive place in the world. It is an offensive place in the kingdom of heaven because He only has from glory to glory intended for you. 
good things for you. So he uses all things for the good of those that love him. So if we would enter into these places in courage, knowing that not only is his presence waiting for me, but specific things that he has for me, specific steps that will take me to the next peak are waiting there for me as well. And I simply have to engage in a relationship with him and he will reveal these things that I would pray for the things that I can't know without the Spirit of God, pray for them with accuracy, targeted prayers, and I can see the mountaintop again. But there's specificity in the valley. There's rebuilding in the valley. But we miss it without relationship on the mountaintop. And we cannot hope to have relationship appear out of thin air when times are difficult. And unfortunately, that's the model of Christianity that most Westerners abide by. When things are difficult, then there's Jesus. When things are good, I've got it. That is not the case. Because when you think about it, if my relationship is not dictated by circumstances, there are really not bad times. There are not highs and lows. There are difficult things. But there is always joy in those things because my relationship with God is sustained and everlasting and steadfast. And so there's really just... There's not a lot of bad days. There's just difficult things. Difficult, very difficult things. But when I have a depth of relationship with the Lord, you can see right through them to the other side. Yeah, it's always a beautiful thing. When I trust the process that He's working things for my good, even the unforeseen tragic things, I can trust that He's got me in this valley. And He can show me things, new things, beautiful things. And what arises on the next peak is not the same person, but one that has grown in depth of relationship with God and as a, as a person and as a minister of the ministry of reconciliation. A, a warrior with upgraded armor almost. Shinier and, and bulkier and la- larger, longer sword. Yeah. That happens in the valley. That's how we pray in the valley. You cannot pray in the valley rightly, without relationship in the mountaintops. And in relationship in the valley, we know exactly what to pray for. And then we get to see it released. And it's not so bad, even in the hard times, to see prayers answered. It's pretty encouraging, as we're seeing right now. We're seeing a little girl and her mom who have had cancer together, which I've never seen that. I need to see one of those St. Jude ads on YouTube of their story, because it's just remarkable. Um, and I've never heard of anything like it. But the Lord knew what He was doing. He didn't give it to them, but He used it for their good, and not just their good, the good of West Texas. West Texas is being changed because of two people's illnesses. Yeah, yeah. Think of how many people go to that hospital, and the Spirit of God is now taking control of it. Come on, that's healing. It's not healing for just two. It's healing for a country. It's healing for a region and a nation. And that's what happens when you pray in the valley because you have a relationship before you enter it. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.